You're listening to. Welcome back to Books and Boba, a book club and podcast featuring books by Asian and Asian American authors. My name is Marvin Yue, and I'm Riva Yu, and we are your hosts. And welcome, and welcome to the August book pick discussion episode. Um, we're going to be talking about the August. And welcome to our end of month book discussion episode. We're going to be talking about the August book club pick, which was The Devotion of Suspect X by Keiko Higashino. Um, hope you guys have all read it because um, we're going to be spoiling a lot of things. Not that you know, the book doesn't spoil things for itself. I mean, you can, you can always come back and listen to us after <laughs> you finish the book. But before we get to the discussion... Um, we were have some breaking news you wanted to talk about uh, from the book world. Oh, boy. It was so <laughs> juicy. Okay, so there's this book called Handbook for Mortals, and it debuted uh, at the top of New York Times bestseller list for young adult and children's novels, beating out Angie Thomas's The Hate You Give, which has been on top for pretty much 26 weeks straight. And the thing that happened with this book... Um, so no one has heard of it. You can't buy it on Amazon. And no Barnes & Noble in the tri-state area had a copy of this book. So a lot of people in the YA community were... It's a little suspicious. ...were huh? like, what the hell? How, would, how did this like get on the top of the New York, New York Times bestseller list when we've never heard of it? <laughs> and um, so Phil Stamper, this YA author and also publisher, he decided to dig into it along with a couple of other uh, young adult um, young adult authors and also like community members. And they found out that uh, a bunch of indie stores in the tri-state area were getting anonymous calls asking uh, for like ordering like bulk copies, like, like. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. So um, I remember seeing this um, story bubble up on the books and Boba Twitter um, feed which I monitor from time to time um, during the day. And yeah, it sounded like it sounded like something that got the whole entire community kind of up in arms. Well, yeah, there's like there's multiple layers to it. I don't think we can get through all of it today, but um, pretty but, much what happened was so like the the publisher for Handbook for Mortals, which is Geek Nation, which has never published a book before. This was their first time. Um, they were guilty of buying um, ordering the book in like, not not ordering it in bulk, but you know, like they're asking book bookstores to like have a stock right. in their back room, and that contributes to like the number of sales right. for so, New York Times because the sales um, is the New York Times. Is it based? It's based solely on sales, right? Yeah, but okay. the New York Times, like, like they know that a lot of publishers do this tactic of bulk buying, mm -hmm. so there's always an asterisk next to like books okay. that like got up the ladder that way right so, like these these purchases are um bulk sales slash pre-orders like they're not like yeah. actual retail sales yeah right and uh the author of this book is lani Serum, who is like an actress and also 
a music manager for a couple of bands. But she, but the reason why like this stirred up a lot of controversy on Twitter was uh, she was complaining about how, like, let me see if I have the actual quote. Um, yeah, I remember you posted it onto our social media. Um, she was complaining that this is why new voices don't get a chance in the YA world. Yeah, she was complaining that like the removal of her book from the New York Times bestseller list was because of unfair bias in the book world toward the familiar. And that's when she said, like, YA should allow for new voices to come in. Right, but uh, I remember you telling me that the the number one book that she overtook was a first-time writer. Yeah, first-time writer, uh, Angie Thomas, and her novel, The Hate You Give, it's about like Black Lives Matter. It's about a 16-year-old girl who uh, witnesses like a black boy's murder, and it features right. a black, uh, black protagonist. So it, it was like a very... like. See, like one of the things that uh, Lonnie Sarum, the author of Handbook for Mortals, complained about was how like people were criticizing her because she didn't like go the normal young adult route, which is like sending out like copies, ARCs yeah, and, like yeah. copies like two years beforehand and getting like book bloggers to like write about it. And the thing is, like, like uh, Phil Stamper, who was investigating this, like he checked the traffic on Geek Nation mm -hmm. and there was like no traffic on this book. <laughs> and like he checked Goodreads and there were only like nine reviews at the time. And like five of them were like from like the author and her staff. Right. So, so something was definitely fishy. Yeah. Right. And then they found out that uh, the book is actually being developed for a film franchise. Oh. And like they were, and then they checked on IMDb and they saw that Lonnie Serum, the author, was like listed to play the lead actress okay. in the film out film adaptation of her book. So now like the pieces are falling together and it's just like, oh, they wanted to rig the game so their book so her book can get into uh, the New York Times bestseller list so they can say based on a oh. New York Times bestseller novel. That's tricky. Yeah. Nice try. Also, the cover of uh, the, handbook, the Handbook for Mortals is also plagiarized. <laughs> it's plagiarized um, based on this, pr uh, this print called The Knife Thrower, and it was drawn by Gil Del Mace. And he confirmed on Twitter that he didn't know about this and that his art was plagiarized without his, like, permission. Jeez. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of stuff. Just some shady shenanigans all around. Well, well, it took eight hours for uh, <laughs> the New York Times to be like, hey, um, we're going to take this down, which gave room for uh, The Sun is Also a Star by Nicola Yoon. Mm-hmm which was on the list before, before like, Handbook for Mortals, like, right. took the top. So Angie <laughs> Thomas is back on, like, number one, so. Sounds, yeah. I remember seeing a lot of action um, during the week, and, man, that sounds like crazy. Like, who knew the world of YA fiction is so, like, cutthroat but it, it, it makes sense I like say there's, there's a lot of... i would say like loyal okay <laughs> like if if like the ya community hasn't like heard a peep about this book in the past like two years uh -huh. and it's just like there's no way it could be number one it, there's no way it could even reach the new york times bestseller list without <laughs> like book bloggers knowing about it but yeah like that was one really big thing that happened in the book <laughs> world while like 
while we were reading our August pick. Yeah? So. Well, there you have it. Um, before we get to the August book pick, um, just a quick reminder that you can also um, sound off on your thoughts about the monthly book pick and other Asian American book news by going to our Goodreads forum on uh, uh, by going to our Goodreads group, um, just go to goodreads.com and search Books and Boba and join our group. And we'd love um, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, so should we get into it? Yeah. All right. We're going to get into the book now. So if you haven't read Devotion of Suspect X yet, um, pause, come back. We'll be here. Uh, for the rest of you, let's get going. Um do you want to introduce the book? Yasuko Hanaoka, a divorced single mother, thought she had finally escaped her abusive ex-husband. But when he shows up one day, threatening both her and her teenage daughter, Misato, uh, the situation quickly escalates, and he ends up dead on her apartment floor. Without hesitation, her neighbor, Ishigami, a brilliant math teacher whose devotion to Yasuko runs deep, offers to calculate the perfect alibi. His one condition is that the two women must follow his instructions to the letter. Detective Kusanagi of the Tokyo police, faced with a brutal murder and evidence that doesn't add up, seeks the advice of his college friend, Dr. Manabu Yukawa, a brilliant physicist nicknamed Detective Galileo. Yukawa knows the math genius from his past, and what, ensu- and what ensues is a fierce battle of wits, one mastermind against another, one using all his skill and wits to uncover the truth, the other risking everything, proving the depths of his devotion. And that is from the book jacket. This is so. This is a actually a pretty old novel, right? Like it's at least like ten. Yeah, it's like it was published in two thousand five, I think. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't translated until like twenty twelve or twenty eleven. Yeah, and something that um, I found out while I was doing some research after reading the book was this is a actually a series. Like Detective Galileo is a long running and much beloved. Um, series of stories um, in Japanese pop culture. He's pretty much like their Sherlock Holmes or like their, um, what's another good like science detective? Um, I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, you mentioned Bones earlier today, but I honestly don't think Yukawa is like yeah, he's not that like, antisocial. Yeah. But um, in addition to the series of books, um, um, Yukawa a.k.a. Detective Galileo, um, was also featured in two seasons of a um, Japanese crime drama, um, three movies. Um, yeah, one one Japanese, one Korean, and one Chinese. The oh, yeah. Chinese movie came out this year. Those, that, yeah, three movies of this specific story, and also like three other movies uh, featuring the actors of the Japanese drama. This guy is like a pop culture icon in, in Japanese. Yeah, not just yeah. in Japan. Like he is the best-selling crime like crime fiction novelist in China as well. And he's like <laughs> like like for this book, he was nominated uh for a 2012 Edgar Award, and that's like a really big deal, especially yeah. for a foreign uh foreign writer. So <laughs> it's just like he is pretty well known. And yeah. And like I can see him as like a one of these like USA buddy cop shows. Like he's like the eccentric, not eccentric. He's like the super smart scientist guy who helps his cop buddy solve crimes. Um, but yeah, before we get to that, let's um, let's let's talk about the general yeah like structure of the story. This is our first uh, crime fiction novel that mm-hmm. we read for book club. And in terms of crime fiction and mystery, it's also kind of 
It's a different type. Like the It's a procedural. Yeah, it's a procedural, but we already know it's it's like um it's like Columbo. Um this I'm dating myself. Um <laughs> not really because Columbo's before my time too. I just know about him. But like Columbo's this long running um procedural about a very like eccentric, um, doofy detective who's like a super genius. And every episode basically starts with the crime. So you, you already know who did it. And the entire, like, the, the entire show is just Columbo putting the pieces together and trapping them. Yeah. And that's kind of how this story starts, too. Like, you see the crime. You know the players. Mm-hmm. And then the entire story is kind of just like a cat and mouse. Like, can, can the criminals stay ahead of this genius yeah, it's Detective. interesting because uh, this this book is centered on like the perfect alibi, right? You yeah. you know the motive, you know who did the murder, but you don't know how the cover up happened. So the entire book is just you figuring out like how Ishigami, the math <laughs> genius who is helping out uh, the actual murderer Yas- Yasuko, yeah. um, on like how like how did he make a perfect alibi for her, right? So, yeah, so Ishigami is the math teacher slash, like, former math prodigy um, who is helping um, Yasuko um, Hanoka, who is a, I guess, nearing middle-aged single mother um, who is works at a bento box, like a lunchbox store mm-hmm. with her teenage daughter. Um, and then, I yeah, and then uh, because of, um, they get found by her ex-husband. Yeah. And Yasuko is forced to murder him to protect her daughter. Yeah. Someone in our Goodreads forum um, said, oh, wouldn't that be self-defense? But I don't know. I don't, I don't think it really was self-defense because she could have stopped strangling him at any, yeah. any moment. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get into the technicalities of the um, incident, um, he was there to harass them for money. And yeah. I guess he was about to leave. And then the daughter actually made the first move, right? The yeah. daughter smashed uh, something on his head, and then and then she decided to strangle him. So I mean, Yasuko decided to strangle him. Yeah. So yeah. I guess not really self defense. No. I mean, the thing I really liked about uh, Higashino's novel, which I've also heard about his subsequent novels, the murderers are never like evil people. Mm-hmm. They're just ordinary people who. Like, just happen to be in situations where it just leads to murder. Right. So it's like, oh, that's really interesting because, like, we're really used to, like, mastermind criminals. Yeah. Ishigami right? could very well have been, like, a Moriarty level, like, super villain genius, but he's just, like, he's just a high school math teacher and, like, like a judo coach. Yeah. He's just um, very focused. Like, that's his, like, main trace, like, laser sharp focus and be being able to observe everything. Um, and then on the other side, we have the cops, right? We have Detective um, Detective Kusanagi, who is the, like, the hard-boiled, like, I'm too old for this job detective <laughs> who, like, have seen job. everything. Um, he's, like, partnered up with a Kishitani, who's, like, the bumbling junior detective who's, like, ready to believe any alibi, like, super sympathetic, like, probably not long for detective work, especially in the homicide department. <laughs> Um, yeah um yeah it's like so the murder happens um like yasuko acts 
accidentally, intentionally, whatever. We'll leave that like mm-hmm. we'll, we'll leave that where it is. But she ends up strangling her ex-husband with a Kotatsu uh, electrical wire, right? And he falls dead. And um, Ishigami, who lives next door, he comes over and he offers his help, saying like. Well, you can turn yourself to the cops or... I can help you get away with it. Yeah, I can help you get away with it. I can... I'll take care of everything. I'll dispose the body. Uh, You just have to listen to everything that I tell you to do. Mm -hmm. And at this point, the murder happens in like page 18. So we're like, we're like really far ahead. We're just like, okay, let's go. (laughs) Um, So the next chapter, we find... The police find um, a naked body... Of a, of a man with his face smashed in, his fingerprints burnt, and he's washed up on the river. And they also find, like, a bicycle nearby. Mm-hmm. So their guess is that this person, the, the victim, he he had, like, writ, like, rode on his bicycle and somehow got murdered. Yeah. And they also find, like, uh, half-burnt clothes near the body as well. Right. And the body's been, um, his face is smashed, fingerprints burnt off. Um, and, and they eventually find out the body's identity, which is Togashi, Yasuko's Mm ex-husband. And, you know, in every case, it's like, oh, you suspect the uh, domestic partner first. How do they ID the body again? Um, so they, they go around asking about like missing middle-aged men Uh with like the same weight and like height okay. and they find out that there is a missing person at like this motel right they match the hair of the body yeah to, they match the hair, hair. on the hotel right yeah. okay um so yeah the cops decide to pay a visit to his ex-wife who yeah. lives in the area yeah, and, and, like, the thing is, like, they, they do, like, the classic routine, right? It's just like, oh, where were you on the ninth, uh, on the night of, like, March 11th or right. March 10th? It was March 10th, I think, yeah. Yeah, March 11th was when they found the body. Yeah. March 10th is when they think that the body was, uh, the victim was killed. Yeah. So they're asking her, like, what did you do that night? And Yasuko says, like, oh, like, after work, I... Like, my daughter and I went to go see a movie. Yeah, she gives them, basically, her alibi is they went to go see a movie, they went to go karaoke, and they ate ramen. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, we'll go check it out. <laughs> and then on the way out, they meet um, her neighbor, Ishigami, who we know um, is helping them with getting away with it. And then they interview him. And then um, during that time, he um, finds out that, oh, he went to... Um, the university, the Imperial University, right? Yeah, the same university as Detective Kusanagi oh, and also his friend, uh, Minabu, uh, Manabu Yukawa. Right. They, inter- they actually introduced... Um, um, Yukawa? Yeah. They actually introduced Yukawa um, before, when they first introduced the cops, like before they get called into the murder. Uh, him and Kusanagi are old college friends, and they were playing chess. And it's actually... It was really interesting. I didn't, I didn't recall this until now, but... The transition between where Ishigami um, says we're gonna the only way to get through this is to like put your faith in like complete logic, and then it transitions to uh, Kusanagi like asking um, Yukawa about his like total logic way of like playing chess, right? And it kind of um, right there sets a stage that these are two like kind of these are the two 
like genius people. They 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 think the same or they they think very similarly um, when it comes to observation and and the way the world works. Yeah. I joked uh, earlier today when we we're meeting up that. Um, I was really glad that I decided to read this book instead of watching the Netflix version of Death Note <laughs> because it came out on the same uh, day when I started to like uh, read the book. So I started really late. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, it's a pretty quick read, though. It's kind of it's very. Oh yeah, I read it within like three hours. I'm, yeah, no problem. But <laughs> but it was just like it. It really reminded me of the Death Note setup because you have like two geniuses who are like like who know each other so well and they're trying to like outsmart each other. And (laughs) it was like the whole book was just watching like a really intense chess battle. Yeah. It's like a battle of wits uh, between, um, between two like super smart people. And, um, you know, um, I guess we can get into the relationship between Yukawa and Ishigami. Um, yeah, they're like two sides of the same coin, right? Because like go, one is like a physicist and one is like a, a mathematician. Math- mathematician, and like it's really funny because Ishigami, as like a math uh, math prodigy, his nickname was Buddha. Mm-hmm. As someone who is like always cool and always like focused on just math yeah. and like finding the solution, he doesn't care about anything else. He has no other interests, and that's why he has no friends. But uh, Yukawa. He is someone who reads up on a lot of different things. And and even though he might have the same intellect level as uh, Ishigami, he's someone who like who likes to put like he likes to experiment. Yeah, he's um, so the, the fundamental difference between math and physics is very apparent in the way that these two super smart guys um, interact with the world. Right. Like Ishigami sees everything as formulas, sees everything as like. Um, as things like problems to solve, right? Everything is a problem that you can solve. Um, where Yukawa believes in the practical, like you know, in, in in general terms, math is all about like formulas and proofs, and physics is about experimentation and like proving the proofs in real yeah. life. I thought it was also really interesting that like Yukawa, uh, I think. I think there's like a scene where he's like following Detective Kusanagi and Detective Kusanagi is like really annoyed <laughs> and he's just like, Oh, like what are you doing here? And Yukawa is just like, Oh, I'm just watching people. That's like a hobby of mine. Like watch <laughs> like watching people and figuring out like what like why they do things is like my hobby. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, like that reminds me of um of um, Hercule Poirot from Agatha Christie's murder mystery series Mm. because like he's also a detective who looks at human psychology before actually dismantling the problem with logic so that was really interesting and also I wonder if it's different than because um, the first chapter of the book is about Ishigami walking around below the bridge and observing all the homeless people and making like mental mentally thinking about why they're here yeah. Right, like, yeah. What, what caused him to be here? Well, the interesting thing is, like, Yukawa mentions to Detective Kusanagi at some point that Ishigami is not a murderer, mm-hmm. but if murder was, like, a convenient step to solving a problem, he would do it without, like, hesitation. Right. Yeah. So it kind of, like, gives you a glimpse at, like, what kind of person Ishigami is. <laughs> and it's really funny because we mentioned Death Note earlier, and... Like in Death Note, the the person who is like more social and more into like experimentation is Light, who is 
like the evil who's actually the sociopath yeah right? the actual sociopath and like evil criminal master mastermind yeah and like l is more of like the pure logic kind of eccentric guy so it's like oh the roles are reversed this time around (laughs) and that's really weird because even in sherlock holmes you have like a very eccentric detective who is like kind of not great with people with a more socially adjusted like sidekick character yeah i mean yukawa seems to be like a pretty like charismatic guy who you know who was like kind of a hippie back in his day but yeah and he seems to like, um, like he likes, it feels like he likes helping Kusanaki solve mysteries. Yeah, even though right. he complains about it a lot. He's <laughs> just like, don't you know that I'm an assistant professor? I have to like do my own like projects and theories and I have students to take care of. But at the same time, even when Kusan- Kusanagi doesn't ask for his help, he just can't help but like butt into it. Yeah. Because like, remember uh, Kusanagi like, men- like first mentions the case to Yukawa mm-hmm. saying like, oh, like, something about this case doesn't feel right, even though uh, Yasuko, the mother's alibi, yeah. is, like, rock solid. Yeah, because Nagi has, wrong like, yeah, it. he has super detective sense. He just doesn't know what is, like, what's wrong. That's why he needs Yukawa to help figure that out. Yeah, right? and it's, like, funny because, like, he, like, he mentions, like, oh, like, we asked about her alibi, and she said she went to the movie theater, and that's kind of like a flimsy yeah. alibi because you can't really check um, if she's been in the theater or not, except for like ticket stubs. Mm-hmm. And um, and like and like Detective Kusanagi says, "Oh, if she had just like give, given me the ticket stubs from like an envelope or yeah. like her kitchen drawer, then I would suspect something." But the thing is, like she like actually went and like looked for it. Yeah. And then when she opened the program for the movie, it that's was, where she found her yeah. ticket stubs. And Yukawa makes the comment saying like, mm, like if, she, if she is the killer and if she knew that you were going <laughs> to ask her for her alibi and she put the stubs in the program intentionally, then you have a very formidable murder suspect. Right. Do you think that's when, um, he first started to think that he, someone's probably helping her out no i actually i think i think i think what happened was um when detective kusanagi mentions like oh by the way her neighbor is like yeah like an old classmate of yours. yeah it's an old classmate of yours and and then when he goes to like see his classmate yeah that's when i think he he's like a little bit puzzled by the whole thing it's like okay like what are the chances that he's like living right next door to this murder suspect and also also they go out for um for like a walk and then they see and then like well this is a reveal at the end but he realizes like when he he first starts suspecting when he realizes that um ishigami might have a crush on yasuko that's like when he has like an inkling of like something might be and it's like just because like he was the way he did his hair was not like a disheveled way like he was like dressing himself up to see someone which means that he cares about what that person thought about what he looked like which like is something that is out of character for ishigami yeah right so in the end it was just like all about like <laughs> like if yukawa didn't if ishigami was a stranger to yukawa then like he wouldn't have suspected anything yeah. i think but because they were like old classmates and old friends it's like right. hmm, i think there's something off and it's all about like that like intuition yeah. you know because ishigami like he pretty much called like all right this is what this is how you 
like the whole ticket stub thing, right? He he pretty much tells her, like she, he calls her secretly from a payphone, um, that they're going to come back and ask for ticket stubs. Don't put your ticket stubs like in your drawer. Like, yeah. put it here and look for it. Yeah, and right? like and like he keeps telling telling her like, oh, don't tell them any more than they ask you. Yeah. Like, don't add, like, any extra details. And then even with, like, the teenage daughter, Misato, he tells her, like, oh, tell your friends, tell two friends. He's he's very specific about it. He's <laughs> like, tell two friends about the movie that you and your mom saw. And don't tell the policeman about the other friend. Right. Because that's, like, the trump card later. So it's like, <laughs> oh, he's, like, really, like, thinking ahead. So they go down this path and it's um, basically... Um, Yasuko is doing everything he says. Uh, at the same time, she's being courted by an old flame from her place of work, um, which is adding some like added like drama to it. This, this is where I thought it might turn into like a oh, is he going to betray her because he's jealous? Which like kind of happens, but not in the way you think. That's the thing with this book is like a lot of the um, a lot of the foreshadowing, a lot of the drama is not only acknowledged; it's subverted. Right, like yeah. these guys are just too, just too smart. They thought of, they think of everything, um, and a lot of um, a big part of the master plan for Ishigami was to prey on your assumptions, right? Yeah. And that's something that um, we learned through his interactions with his kids, which is a subplot. Like he's a high school math teacher, and his kids are all terrible. They're <laughs> terrible students. They suck. They don't care. Um, and he's like, "Why am I even here?" I mean, like it. The I mean, like the whole book, it kind of like follows the, this like math allegory of p equals np. Yeah, and like that's like a really big theme in this entire book of like, is it easier to solve a problem yourself, or is it easier to um, to check the accuracy of someone else's solution to the same problem? Right. Which and and then like it gets translated kind of into like. Is it easier to create a perfect alibi or to like prove right. that a perfect alibi wrong? And this is what I really liked about, like, especially uh, specifically Yukawa's interactions with Ishigami was they like talk in terms of like work and science and like solving problems, right? Like, um, and P equals MP. It took me like I didn't. I don't think I realized until I, until I really thought about what that. Um, what that um, formula meant, but it pretty much just means like, like if you solve for n, p equals np, n equals one, right? So it in 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 like generality, it means like you know p is always going to equal p, and then n is always going to equal one because n equals one, n could be anything. So the um, the most the most elegant and the most basic solution is just p, but you can have a whole bunch of crap in as n like x plus two plus minus three plus four whatever 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 and to solve for p but the the most elegant solutions is always going to just be just p yeah i mean like i like i thought this was like a really uh clever quote and i wrote it down and it's (laughs) yukawa telling um telling ishigami like much later on in the book and he says it's more difficult to create the problem than to solve it all the person trying to solve the problem has to do is always respect the problem's creator. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's actually the um, 
it's like towards the third act when he's just like hey (laughs) i figured you out right and like you think you can get away with it but like mm, you're not as smart as you think you are i mean what breaks the case wide open is basically honestly it if you think about it it's his it's ishigami's hubris on like thinking he's smarter than other people right because he treats the cops he treats the public as he treats his students right like oh these guys are just gonna go for the most easiest possible solution they're not gonna like they're gonna let their assumptions blind them to the actual problem like he wasn't counting on yukawa being there to see through it because if yukawa wasn't there he would have like he would have won yeah right i mean like Right when, right after Yukawa said that quote, though, like Ishigami's like, okay, time for like phase three yeah. of like my master plan. <laughs> and he turns himself in, right. saying that he's the murderer and he's the one who like, like, yeah, did like took care of everything. Well, before we get to that, I wanted to um, elaborate more on like what, what, what caused Yukawa to realize the plan. Oh, right? yeah. And, and yeah. It was, it's him explaining to Detective Kusanagi how he designs his. Math test. Yeah, math test. Right. Um, and he's he talks about how like, yeah, he it's hard, but not really. It's hard for any it's what he does is he masks, like he asks you an algebra question disguised as a geometry question. So if all you did was memorize how to do geometry questions, you'd totally mess up. But if you would be able to read and realize what he was asking you to do, you'd be able to solve it if you had the fundamental grasps of algebra. And yeah. geometry. Yeah, so he's just pretty much taking advantage of the student's blind spot. Yeah. Just just like he's taking advantage of the police force's blind <laughs> spot because he knows that they're going to go for the bait that he yeah. laid for them. So, like, Yukawa figures that out and, like, goes to meet Ishigami for a walk and kind of pretty much just, like, lays out very cryptically that I've got your number. I know what you did. Um, and at this point, like, I didn't realize how much he knew because I didn't know about the third phase, which he gets to. Like basically, yeah, he turns himself in. Um, basically, um, Yukawa realizing, like Yukawa figuring out his plan causes him to pretty much turn his, um, pretty much causes him to activate the final phase of his plan. Yeah. Right. And like that part was like. I, I don't want to like go to the final reveal yet, but but I, like I'm just gonna leave that for later. But um, while I was reading this, I I kind of guessed the final reveal pretty early on. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't. I didn't but yeah. I but I didn't guess a lot of like the red herrings. I like at at the time I was just like, okay, maybe it's gonna turn into like Ishigami being a stalker right. and like kind of getting jealous and his like his like ego is is the reason why he gets like arrested yeah <laughs> but like i but i played into that trap though because like what he tells the police in his confession is that is like oh i'm a bodyguard for yasuko because she said she told me that like her ex-husband has been like hounding her for money and we have like a secret communication yeah. uh, thing <laughs> and the police are like okay we're gonna tell like we're going to ask Yasuko about all of this. And Yasuko, who already had, like, like instructions beforehand, yeah. didn't really know what um, Ishigami confessed to the police. All, all she got were, like, bare minimum details, right? 
Well, I think she got like, yeah, she received two letters that what she was told to give to the police when they asked for it. Yeah. Um, and to like tell them certain things. Yeah. So she doesn't know right. anything about like the confession, like the contents of Ishigami's yeah. confession. And when they're like, oh, like. Well, she knows that Ishigami turned himself in. Yeah. That's about it. Though. Yeah. It's interesting. Like you're talking about like that red herring. I saw. Like, I saw right away. Like, the moment that um, she was on the date with her her old flame, and he, like, brought out, like, oh, I re- I've been receiving this, like, I received this really weird letter saying, like, stay away from Yasuko, you don't deserve her. Like, I was like, oh, okay. I know what the last, see, I, I know what the last, see, like, for phase that, is. See, for that note, when, uh, when, like, Kudo, the love interest, uh-huh. got the letter, I thought Misato, the teenage daughter, was the one who wrote that really? letter. Because I thought, oh. like, I, because her daughter was just like, oh, like, what about Ishigami? He's helping us, like, get <laughs> sco- get away scot-free. How can you betray yeah. him like that? So I thought the, the daughter, daughter was... The daughter was mad at the mom, but I, 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 I knew right away that, okay, he's probably setting himself up yeah. to, because that was his whole MO. He, he, he would do anything to keep them safe and happy yeah right i mean like yeah that like i totally played into that trap and i was not <laughs> happy about it i was just like oh it's so good but at the same time i don't like being tricked yeah because that that stalker turn came way too not just conveniently but it was, it was such a character turn yeah that i was like this is part of the plan this is part of his plan i mean like okay so like they like they asked Yasuko, like, "Hey, like, is Ishigami your bodyguard? Like, what? Like, what is this thing that he keeps like telling us?" And Yasuko is like, "Nope, definitely not my bodyguard. He's been like calling me. Like, what?" <laughs> so they go to Ishigami's apartment and, and they, they find, find all yeah. the stalker stuff. They find the murder weapon. They find like a, like a secret listening device um, pointed at the wall. They find like. I know Something one of our computer, right? I like, know one of yeah. our Goodreads members um, said that they thought the listening device was there before the yeah. murder happened. Like he was always like a creepy stalker. She played into. She fell for it too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like it took me a while to like talk myself out of that because I was like, oh, like he's so creepy. Like maybe he was listening to them this entire time. Like how did he know that the murder happened? But but the, he was never really creepy though. He was intense maybe. Yeah. But it never, like I never got creepy vibes from him. And I think that was what like the detective and Yukawa picked up on one, on too. Like Yukawa definitely already knew what was going on. Yeah. Uh, but the t- detective was like, this isn't right. This is something's wrong here. Like, how did I miss something this big? Right? Like, yeah. He did not get creeper vibes. So. I mean, like, I thought it was really funny that like when, when at, like when they first interview uh, Yasuko about like her <laughs> alibi and then they're about to leave the building mm-hmm. and then Ishigami like walks up the stairs yeah. and both of the detectives just kind of turn around and they're like, let's go, let's go talk to that guy. Cause they get like <laughs> mad creeper vibe, vibes from him. They could have oh. just like, they could have just left, but they I like guess. had this like gut reaction of like this guy is creepy, and he lives right next door. Let me not creepy, me odd. Like it's a person of interest. I don't know. I guess person of interest, <laughs> or but yeah. So um, obviously, um, like so we, we throughout the story we've been introduced to Kusanagi's kind of like burnt out chief. That's kind of like he just wants to close his case, All right? And for those of you who've watched. 
shows like The Wire or other crime dramas, you know that police departments are inherently political and different departments want to keep their clearance levels high to prove to show that they're doing stuff so they can get, you know, money for more cops, more resources and things like that. So having this case be open is like not a good thing. And they have like a dude that not only confessed, but is obviously a stalker, creepy stalker boy, right? Like case closed. Yeah. But then, like, yeah, but then Kusanagi's still like, something's not right. Yeah, Kusanagi's just like, mm, I don't know. Like, a- like, I still think Yasuko did it, and he has, like, no evidence <laughs> whatsoever. And that's when Yukawa is just like, okay. Let like, me lay it out for you. Yeah, let me lay it out for you. And do we go into the final reveal here? Yeah, okay. yeah, I think so. <laughs> final reveal. I did not see, I, like, I did not, like, after they explain it, I still kind of don't get it. Um, I get it, but like, don't like. But anyway, well, okay. What yeah. part do you, don't you don't you get? Because I read uh, our listeners might have the same uh, challenge as you. Just why the extra dude? Why the extra? Okay, why the yeah. extra? So Ish, the final reveal is that Ishigami murdered uh, like a homeless man. Yeah, the engineer. The that body you, that they fished out of the river is actually the body of a homeless man, not Togashi, the ex-husband. Yeah, and Togashi, the ex-husband, the corpse of that body, has been chopped up into bits right. and sunken into the river. So, like, the reveal is that he actually did commit murder for her. Yeah. Like... So, if, he, we, lay, if he, we lay it down on a timeline... Yeah. So, uh, Yasuko murdered her husband on the 9th. Yeah. The night of the 9th. And... Um, and that's revealed later, like, the the, um, the actual murder was on the 9th, not the 10th. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the body that was fished out of the river that the police found, that body was killed on the 10th. So pretty much the police were on a totally separate case, thinking that the victim was the same. But yeah. Um, Ishigami totally used their, pretty much their, their assumptions. Like, he figured out what they were, how they were going to try to identify the body and sent them down this like wild rabbit chase. Because like obviously if they were looking for alibis on March tenth, they weren't gonna find like Yeah. Like holes. I mean it was like it was like very smart because Ishigami knew that Yasuko and her do- and her daughter Misato uh they would crack under pressure. So the best way to like get them scot free is to make them tell the truth. Yeah. And if the police are investigating a totally separate case, then, of course, their alibi still stands. Mm -hmm. The reason why he decided to kill another person to cover up this murder is that he knows that, that, like, there's no way he can hide Togashi's body without another body. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, there's too much evidence on Togashi's body. So by planting fake evidence on like a fake body he's able right. to like create like he's, he's able to design the problem he's yeah, able yeah. to like to make like ma- by making sure that the cops found this fake body not fake body, but this like this um um patsy body first yeah patsy body yeah um it delays them from finding the actual body because basically no one will care if a homeless guy is missing yeah right and the homeless guy probably has no family who would report it 
See, like I knew that that was that was the deal with the body that they found in the river. Like I knew that it wasn't Togashi because I read so many murder mystery novels growing up. <laughs> Do like, they just like murder homeless people all the time? Is yeah, the- there there are a lot of cases like that where like body switcheroos, and I've read a lot of Kendaichi files too, and that <laughs> and they do a lot of uh, tricks like that. But um, I knew right away because the the head was smashed in and the fingerprints were burnt, mm-hmm. and like the police, they assumed that like oh the killer did that so it could delay the identification process. But I was just like, but they're going to find out who it is anyway. So, like, what was the whole point of that? And also there was the bicycle and right. they had fingerprints on the bicycle. I'm like, wait, why is there a bicycle with fingerprints if, like, like if this body has already been erased of, like, an identity? Mm-hmm. So I kept thinking, like, okay, so the identity was either, like, 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 to, like Ishigami decided to burn the fingerprints off because this is a different person. And he doesn't want the police finding out who it is. So oh. that was my guess. And then I was like, I was almost there. I almost figured it out. But <laughs> but I like fell into so many, like so many of the red hair. fell into the creeper red herring instead. I mean, like it, it's like what, um, it's like what Ishigami did with his, uh, math test it's like oh it's an algebra problem that's disguised as a geometry problem (laughs) like i read so many murder mystery novels that like that's what i thought would happen i was like there's always like whenever there's like a joint murder jealousy is what causes it all to unravel right yeah jealousy or untrust like 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 the prisoner's dilemma right what if this person turns on me i'm gonna turn on them first yeah or like you know (laughs) i'm just like oh like it's already like such a melodrama, so yeah. it's probably going to go in that direction. But I was totally wrong. So, so um, I mean, so Ishigami's already in jail. So essentially, um, Yasuko got away with it, and they can't free him because yeah. he he's a murderer. He murdered a yeah. different body. So I mean, whether or not he they exonerated him of Tokashi's murder. He still is a co-conspirator in that murder slash actual murder of the homeless man. And they don't have any evidence against uh, Yasuko, so yeah. they can't charge her with murder unless she confesses, which he told her not to. So he's yeah. like, well, like I'm the winner. I get to solve math, math problems for the rest of my life and in the cell. And then he writes her uh, in, in, the, in the letter with the instructions on how to like deal with him being turned himself in. He writes like, Kubo's a good man. You'll be happier with him than with anyone else. Like that's what was it? He's like that'll being with him will maximize your probability for happiness. Like yeah. a very math thing there, right? You know? Yeah. Like which is the type of response I did expect from him? Kind of a very logical, very like, you know, like I know you'll never be with me, but I want to make sure that you're happy because you're obviously she's important to him. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, but then Yukawa goes and screws it all up by telling her everything, and leaves it to her to like decide what to do. Yeah, right. So he re- reveals to her that yeah, even though um, to, um, even though Ishigami didn't kill Togashi, he did kill this other person, and it's because he was in love with you. Yeah, right. And like in the ending, like Yasuko churns herself in yeah and ruins ishigami's entire plan for like her to like 
be happy, quote unquote, because there's no way she was going to be happy. I, I feel like there was no way, like, the, the plan was flawed anyways, because, like, he was expecting her and her daughter to not feel like they owe anything to him, which obviously isn't true. Like, it, I think her daughter, like, her daughter was, like, wrapped with so much guilt that, like, she commit, tried to commit suicide at yeah. school, right? Like, it wasn't, like, all around it was, like, very, it's a, it was a selfish plan. Yeah, because he didn't calculate, I mean, quote-unquote calculate, he didn't (laughs) calculate how, um, like, Yasuko and her daughter would feel about, like, getting away with murder, you know? Like, with Yasuko, like, when when Kudo proposes to her, she could totally just say yes, get married, have, like, a pretty normal life, Mm -hmm. but... There's like, but there's like a scene where she's like at home and she's thinking about like how, like how she can live with herself, like keeping the secret from the man that she's like supposed to marry. Yeah, and she's like, that's like no way to live. And then the way she was looking at um, Ishigami was also kind of like I, I had some issues with just her character as like someone who just can't make good decisions. Well, right. that's how her character is introduced, you yeah. know? She's she's someone who was a former night hostess, and, um, like, before Togashi, she was married to another guy, or not married, but had yeah. a baby with a different uh, partner. And it's just like, wow, she's made a lot of mistakes in her life, and, yeah. and she doesn't seem to be the brightest bulb out right. there. Because, like, she was totally down to find comfort with Kudo, even though, like she was still being protected by Ishigami and her thoughts was like, well, like, am I just going to be beholden to him because he has power over me? Like, I don't know. It's, it's something about just the way she thinks about it kind of. Cause like any, yeah. like, I mean, I think like any normal person with like an av- above average intellect would probably think, Oh shoot, he's offering to like cover up a murder for me. Like what does he want? Yeah, but she doesn't even think about that. In the, <laughs> like she's just like, oh, fine, yeah, like get rid of the body for me because yeah, yeah, like I just don't want to go to jail because I have a daughter. Yeah, so it's like okay, well, she's not really smart, but it makes sense in the end that she decides to turn herself in. Yeah, and in the end, she turns herself in. Um, Ishigami gets really, really like he screams in anguish, and like nobody really wins. I don't even think like the cops really. What well, I guess the cops win that they solved the case, but like it didn't seem like it was. Yeah, a, nobody it, wins. It ended in a very, very just like you know those like Law and Order episodes where it just ends on a very like not satisfactory note because like justice wasn't really served. Yeah, it kind of just felt like that. Like it's fate to black and credits. Yeah, it seemed like reading a tragedy in like three <laughs> acts in in some way. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting how, like, Yukawa, like, he decides to get into the case because they're walking outside and then they see, like, each other's reflection. And Ishigami mentions, like, oh, Yukawa, like, how how have you stayed so young throughout these years? I'm balding and you have a full set of hair. And Yukawa is just like, you don't care about your looks. Like, you mentioned how much, like, yeah. like, a ma- like, a man's appearance doesn't mean anything. And that was that was what started breaking the case open for. That's yeah. when Yukawa started suspecting 
there were holes in Ishigami's um, story. Um, but we forgot to mention one thing, which is like it, they also reveal what caused Ishigami to have so much devotion oh, to yeah, yeah. Yasuko. Right. He tried to kill himself because he was like, I'm supposed to be like doing like groundbreaking math. Yeah. But he I'm... was like the genius, but then he, like the story said that he had to take care of his like, parents. Or... Parents were older and then basically just never got the chance to be the star researcher he was supposed to be. And now he's teaching math to kids who don't care. And there was like no reason for him to like. Yeah. And even when he was like at, at some time he was working at a university mm. as like an assistant researcher. And he just found out that like his, the higher ups, they don't care. They just care about like. It's politics. Yeah. It's just politics. And it's just like, they don't care about like making groundbreaking math and like coming up with new problems and solutions. They just yeah. don't care. He's just, he was very disillusioned and. I guess he was about to hang himself when Yasuko and her daughter moved in next door. And then basically like something about their eyes, like broke him out of the funk. Yeah. And from then on, he decided that he would do anything for them. Right. Which I guess is a little creepy. I don't know. I mean, I asked this at book club uh, earlier today, like, was it more of devotion or obsession? I don't think it was obsession though. Like I don't think he would actually. He, I don't think he was actually stalking them. No, he wasn't. Like he wasn't stalking them. I mean, he wasn't like listening yeah. to like a secret listening device. In the but then room. he was like he did only go into the bental box store when she was working. Which is another thing that like bothered me because I'm like, yo, like your boss notices that there's this man that comes in every day just to see you and you don't think for one second that he has the hots for you. Like, come on. Like I said, she's just not very like thoughtful. I know. No. Um, but yeah. What did you think of Yukawa, Detective Galileo? And would you read more Detective Galileo I would definitely stories? read more because... Murder mystery is my jam. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I actually want to go and try to track down the the TV series. I feel I like the see. TV series won't be as good though, because I feel like they would just make it like quote unquote sexy and try to have like like tension where where well, there like shouldn't be. And I guess you're. I mean, that's not far from the truth because in the TV series, um, they replace. Um, Detective Kusanagi with his protege, who's introduced in, I guess, the third book in the novel series, who's a girl, a woman. Mm-hmm. And she kind of becomes um, Yukawa's foil. Um, and then she's actually the lead in the in the Japanese version of the movie, um, Suspect X. Um, she's actually the lead investigator during the instead yeah. of Kusanagi. So, I mean... Like, I would be most, like... I would be most concerned about the portrayal of Yukawa because, like, in the books, he just see like, he, like I said, like, a lot of, like, detectives in fiction, they, they're, like, either, like, the hard-boiled detective or, like, the really eccentric, like, right. like, borderline, like, Asperger, uh, <laughs> like, you know, like, the really antisocial genius. And I, and, like, while that, while those archetypes are charming, it's been overdone. And I would just be afraid that the TV show would try to make Yukawa into like this like mad scientist who like <laughs> burns clothes and like 
and like just like does really weird experiments when he's just like a normal charismatic guy. I mean, he's pretty much just charismatic Sherlock Holmes, though, isn't he? Like, I mean, I feel like he's just like one of those nice professors who are just like, hey, like. Let's just talk about science for also like super half an eccentric hour. and like pretty much a like rogue element. Like he, he's not that eccentric though. What what has he done in the book that was like extremely eccentric? He burned clothes. That was for guessing whether or not like how long. Like guessing right, maybe why not eccentric, it took so long. but he is a loose cannon. He's like he he's not got that involved loose in the case that he had no like that he had he had no interest in, but ended up being interested in. Well, that's because he thought his friend was a murderer <laughs> or like involved in a murderer uh, involved with a murderer so i was like yeah like sure if if i was friends with someone I then i would probably check it out i guess i'm just thinking yeah i don't know maybe the movie maybe having some sexual tension between the detective and the scientist might uh, inject some i mean the you know, only eccentric part that I can think of was like when he was following Detective Kusanagi and he's just eating ice cream with like, like, <laughs> like wearing like a suit and, and like Kusanagi is just like, what are you doing? And don't tell me that you're just eating ice cream because you're following me for like the past couple of hours. And yeah, I don't think he, I don't like, I would be really scared that a TV show or like a movie adaptation of this would try to sex it up. That's true. We don't need like an Asian Benedict Cumberbatch to play Yukawa. But someone did. I know and that someone did. out there. I know. In many different forms. Too. Not all detectives have to be hot. They can just be the, um, salt and pepper, gray, cranky old men. I wonder what the, so there's a Korean version too called Perfect Number. Yeah, Perfect Number. And then there's a Chinese version that just came out. Um, yeah, I wonder. I wonder if the Korean version is like one of those dark revenge movies. It's probably not. <laughs> um, but yeah, any final thoughts? Um, well, I'm finally like, I'm so glad that we finally got to a crime fiction novel for this book club. Cause yeah. like the closest we got was, um, everything I never told you by Celeste Ng. And that was more of a literary that wasn't really thriller. a procedural, yeah. That was more of a. It wasn't like yeah. detectives. It wasn't like trying to solve a murder. So I'm really glad that we read a murder book. Yeah, that's a pretty good one too. And the, you know, it's like a, it's a reverse, it's a reverse murder book, right? You're not. It's not. It's not a who done it. It's how did they do it? How did they do it? How did they do it? Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this book too. And I'm actually like, like I said, I'm curious about the other works within this, um, literary and cinematic universe. And I might actually go catch the, um, the Japanese drama. I wonder where it can... I, I love how, I love how you're just like, oh, I would want to watch the Japanese drama over the Chinese movie that just came out this year. But there's more of it. <laughs> That's true. They're there. Yeah. Uh, I might, I might catch the um, other movies. I don't know. Yeah. But I already know what happens in Suspect X. I mean... I want to know the other stories. I I am a firm believer in books being better than movies and <laughs> their dramatic adaptations. So yeah. I would say if you liked this book, you should probably read more of Higashino's books. Yeah. Because he has like four other books, I think. I think the second and third one have already been translated. The fourth one, Malice, is being translated for this year. I think it's already been translated. Okay, yeah. So the, the next three books are already out. So 
Um, if you enjoyed the adventures of Detective Galileo, um, there's more out there. So definitely check it out. Um, Rira, what are we reading for the month of September? Oh Our God, 13th September. book. We have now completed one year of Books and Boba. Congratulations. Thank you for joining us on this ride. Um, we are reading uh, Goodbye Vitamin by Rachel Kong. And if that title seems familiar... It is, because we mentioned it in our June or July new releases. So we are reading a fairly new book for September. Cool. Um, it's also less than 200 pages, so you really have no excuse to not finish nice. it. That means I have enough time to um, work on my other books. I'm halfway through Grace of Kings, a book I that we I still can't before. believe that. Like, you bought that book last week. It's that pretty, book is 600 pages. It's pretty good. It's pretty. I mean, it's the same size as this book, and I finished it in like two days. So it is not the same size as this book. This, this book is, is like three hundred and fifty pages. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the amount I've read so far has oh, been okay. the same size. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's um, like I didn't realize it was like Eastern inspired, like yeah, fantasy. silk punk. That's awesome. I didn't know I real. I didn't know I needed that in my life until I started reading. We so. might read it for a future pick, but Marvin might be done by then. So That's good. I'll, I don't read the, know. I'll read the second one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, that'll do it for this episode of Books and Boba. Thanks again for listening. Um, again, um, if you want to um, sound off, and again, if you'd like to share your thoughts about the devotion of Suspect X uh, or any of our book picks or anything about Asian American literature, um, tell us what you think about book of mortals or whatever that book is called um join our goodreads group um go to goodreads.com and type in book sam boba and let us know your thoughts in our forums i was about to say don't tell us about handbook for mortals because i read the sample from like amazon <laughs> well not amazon but like i read the sample that was available and my god it's so bad <laughs> um and yeah thanks for joining us and we'll see you all next time keep reading guys <laughs> This episode of Books and Boba was hosted by Marvin Yue and Rira Yu and edited by Marvin Yue. Books and Boba is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of podcasts featuring unique voices from the Asian American community. If you like this show, please check out First of All, our newest show featuring a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, love, and modern culture, hosted by actress, director, and entrepreneur Minji Chang. You can find First of All along with the other great programs of the Potluck Collective by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. And please don't forget to subscribe to Books and Boba. And if you have time, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It'll really help us spread the word about books by Asian and Asian American authors. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Books and Boba. Books and Boba.